Welcome to the Better Wallet Podcast, a podcast where we talk to everyday people who have changed their lives through managing their money. We talk about their money journeys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. At least once a month, we'll have a new episode where you can learn how to manage your money better. We're going to be simplifying the money-related topics that keep people up at night, including budgeting, paying off debt, investing, and how to build a business. The goal is to make money a less taboo, everyday topic. Now here's your host, Mark Russell. Welcome to the next episode of the Barrel Wallet Podcast. As you guys know, the Barrel Wallet Podcast is all about demystifying the topic of money and sharing powerful money stories from people who truly beat the odds. Today, we're going to talk about a really important topic, and that topic is when frugality goes too far. So we're going to talk about the three times that I took frugality way too far. I went overboard because I think a lot of times what you see online is, you know, from me, from a lot of other finance creators that we talk a lot about our wins. And the goal is to help motivate you and say, hey, like we all, you know, had to get it out of the mud. We want to show you that you can do it, too. But there are times that we screw up. In fact, I screwed up a lot of times throughout my Deferred journey from 2017 until 2020. And I want to highlight the three biggest screw ups I had during that time because, you know, we definitely made, I definitely made a lot of money moves that I'm very happy about. But there are plenty of times where I made some mistakes that I'm not so proud of. But before we dive in, I wanted to first thank everyone for taking the time to write a review. There have been a bunch of different reviews that have come through over the last couple of weeks. And I wanted to thank you for just taking a second to write a review. I tell you guys all the time, but reviews and ratings are the best currency in the podcast world. And I read every last one of them. Every time that I get a review, it comes to my inbox and I read through them and they definitely put a smile on my face. If you haven't taken the time to rate the podcast yet, please do me a favor. Pause this recording of this episode, whatever platform you're using, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to this episode, please leave a review. Please leave a rating. That would mean the world to me. Again, that is the best currency for podcast creators. I do all this, like the Instagram page and Twitter and TikTok, I do all this for free. So my ask, simple ask, is to go through and leave a rating or review. Thank you for that. And with that, we'll get into the episode. Now, we all know hindsight is 2020. We are in 2023 right now. I made a lot of financial mistakes from 2017 to 2020, and frankly, even before that. But in terms of my debt journey, I started in 2017 when I had that single tier moment where I said, I'm done living the life of, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. I want a different life for myself. And I knew that my way of building wealth would have to go through becoming 100% debt free. Now, there are arguments of people who say, hey, like, you know, you don't have to become debt free to build wealth. And that's fine for me. What was important for me was to pay off my debt. That way I didn't have any sort of like mental burden and I could go and build wealth without thinking that I owed anyone. And that was really important to me and that might be really important to you. However, during that time, I did a lot of things that 
I'm not all too proud of more because I felt like I took my frugality uh, overboard in the effort to lower cost. So we're going to talk about three ways that I took frugality way too far. And let's just jump right into the first one. I'm really excited. The first one is, so I'm starting from the one that was, you know, furthest away, the one that happened first, all the way to, you know, something that's a little bit more recent being, you know, 2020 as being the end of my debt-free journey. So number one, and each one of these I have different names for, so you're going to laugh. The first one I want to call is getting hot in here. <laughs> so, so as you guys know, I have a 2011 Kia Sportage. I got it back in what, 2012. It was my first car and I got it the day that I passed my Series 7 license to be a stockbroker at Vanguard literally the day after I, I went and got the car. And I love the car to death. I still have it. But the single challenge I had with my car is that at a certain point, it started to overheat, which is not normal for a car. And there's a lot of different things that could be happening that will lead to your car overheating. So what a normal person would do is they would take the car to a mechanic. They would tell them what the issue is, and then they would get it fixed. During my debt-free journey, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't paying a ridiculous amount of money for things that I felt like I didn't need, one of which is, you know, car repairs. Again, times that I took frugality way too far. So in this example, the car would get really hot and, you know, a lot of times during the summer it would get super hot enough where the car will overheat which for anyone who has had this issue with their car before, you know, you know enough about cars, you're probably like, dude, don't do that. I wish I had that advice back. Well, I guess it was back in like 2018 or so. Actually, it was, it was in 2017. So I wish I had that advice then. So the car was overheating and also the air conditioner didn't work in the car either. So I had no clue what was going on, but I wasn't going to pay a thousand bucks for my car to get evaluated to then pay maybe another thousand to two thousand bucks for them to fix whatever the issue was. So I did what any millennial would do and I went to YouTube and I was just reviewing YouTube videos and they were telling me, hey, like there might be, you know, an, an issue that might be, you know, an engine issue, right? They always give you the worst possible issue up front. So I was like, okay, well, if it's the engine, then I'm just going to have to get a brand new car. And, you know, I don't want to do that. Come on my different journey. I'm about to pay off my car, whatever. So I said in my head, well, hopefully it's not a engine issue. What could the other issues be? So I changed all the fluids in the car. So I was like, okay, maybe it's the oil, you know, maybe it's the antifreeze, maybe it's something that is easily fixable and maybe that will keep the car from overheating. Again, I would sometimes drive the car on a highway and the car would completely shut off because it would get way too hot. And if you know about the gauges on the car, you have cold and hot gauges that are on the dashboard. It would always constantly run hot. So I literally had no clue what was going on. So at a certain point, it was happening all the time. And during that time, I was driving back and forth to Vanguard. So it was almost every other day that my car would overheat. It would do it mostly in, in the summertime, but during the winter, I didn't have to worry about it as much. So, you know, it wasn't too much of an issue during the winter. So eventually after doing that, I decided to take it to this guy, right? You always have a guy in the Northeast. Like I have a guy and this guy, he lived in Northern Jersey. I was in Philadelphia and I took my car to him. 
And he took a look at it and he was like, what do you think is the issue? I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe the fluids, maybe the engine. And he told me, he was like, no, it's the fan in the car that helps to cool down the engine. That is what wasn't working anymore. And I'm not a car guy and I had no clue. He was able to fix the car for about 70 to, I think it was like 70 to 80 bucks. I'm not entirely, I knew it was under a hundred dollars, but he was able to fix the fan and then the engine all of a sudden started cooling off because of the fan, right? And I realized that every, you know, seven years or so of your car, like your fan will probably, you know, stop working. So that's a tip for you guys. But um, why I think I took it too far is because anything could have happened. I could have been, you know, stuck on the side of the road. The car could have, you know, the engine could have blew up. It could have led to bigger issues down the road because I was being incredibly too frugal. So my tip to you guys is if you have anything wrong with your car, please take it to a mechanic that you trust. That way they can get the issue fixed and you have the you know, mode of transportation that you have being your car. I was incredibly too frugal during that time. I wish I took it to a mechanic, but luckily luck was on my side and I was able to take it to someone, look at it for 70 bucks and get that fan replaced. So that's the first one. It's getting hot in here as well, we'll call it. I want to take a quick break from the episode to discuss one of the biggest crises we're facing today. The crisis is the lack of financial literacy. When you made your first paycheck, did anyone tell you what to do with it? Probably not. This is why 63% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and get this, half of which make more than six figures. So what I did was I took my expertise as a retired financial advisor and industry professional to give you a complete financial checklist that you can use to get your finances in order in less than 10 minutes. It's completely free and I have a link in my show notes. I want you to take complete command of your financial future this year and this checklist is gonna help you get started. Okay, let's get back to the episode. The second one is probably the one that I'm most embarrassed about. I call it Jumanji. So in 2018, well, I'll take a step back. So I lived in a bunch of different apartments when I was in Philly from 2012 to 2017-ish, 2018. So I lived in an area called Roxborough in Philadelphia where I lived by myself. Then I moved into downtown Philadelphia where I lived in a high rise. Then I lived in a house with a bunch of other guys. And then after we all kind of split up, I decided to again, look for a roommate on Craigslist as the millennial that I am. And I don't even know if people still use Craigslist, but I went to Craigslist, found my roommate. He ended up being a really cool dude. He was a PhD student from Drexel. And we decided to move into a, like an apartment in an area called Fittler Square in Philadelphia, which Fittler Square is a really nice area. It's right downtown. If you're familiar, it's like on the you know, west side of Rittenhouse. So for anyone that knows about the area, you would say, oh, it's a really nice area. Anyone can live there. So I remember when I was doing the tour of the apartment, some guy was giving me a tour. He was about to move somewhere else. He was telling me that, you know, every so often you might see a bug, right? And that's typical. That's city living, anywhere you live, there is a chance that you might see a single bug in the time that you're there. But, you know, I wasn't deterred by that especially after he told me what the cost was. 
he was paying $600 for rent, 600. When I lived in the house before that, I was paying, you know, upwards of like a thousand bucks. So in my head, I was like, okay, well, I'm saving $400. I don't care how messed up the house is. I need a place to just lay my head. Again, I wanted to decrease the largest expense that I had. And that happened to be how much I paid for rent outside of taxes, of course. So I thought to myself, okay, if I could save $400, I can apply that to debt and I can have an apartment where I'm only paying 600 bucks, right? So like that was a logical thinking that I had in my head. And I was in a prime area in Philadelphia where I could walk to the train and then take the train to Vanguard. Let me tell you, that was probably one of the bigger mistakes that I've ever made within my debt-free journey. And the reason why is the first week or so was fine. Right. So me and my roommate at the time, his name was Shrenik. Me and Shrenik, you know, we got along great. You know, the place was great. It was in the optimal location. But this one time, you guys are going to cringe. This one time I was cooking dinner and I saw a mouse run across the stovetop. Right. So like, obviously I'm freaking out. Right. I was never raised with like, you know, any bugs or rodents or anything of that nature. So like, I'm immediately freaking out. Right. So I did whatever, you know, I thought I needed to do and I set up some traps and eventually I caught one mouse and I was like, okay, got rid of it. We're good. You know, not a problem anymore. Then maybe a couple of days later, I was sitting on the couch in the living room and I saw something on the corner of my eyes and <laughs> I realized that it was a roach, which I don't have many fears in life, but this was one where I was petrified, right? And the roach was just crawling across the ground. I did what I thought I needed to do. And I just pulled out the raid, sprayed it, killed it, whatever. I was like, okay, maybe that would be the end of it. Newsflash, it wasn't. And throughout the next month or so, not only did I see a series of different mice, I also saw roaches in this place. Uh, don't worry, this was like years ago. So like, don't think that I'm just like some dirty guy. Uh, so there would be times where I'd be in the bathroom and I'd see a bug and I would have to kill it. Or I would be in the hallway and I see a mouse like run by. But again, mistakes that I made during the time of my death-free journey, in my head, I said, okay, well, I don't care how bad it is here. I'm going to continue to pay $600 for rent because I'm paying off my debt. When I tell you it got worse, it definitely got worse, right? And it became really embarrassing, actually. So, like, as I would bring friends over, they would see, you know, the mice. They would freak out. They would leave. Sometimes the mice might not show up, and I would tell them, hey, like, you know, be careful. There might be a, a mouse that might run by or a roach or whatever. And it started getting really embarrassing. But at this point, I literally would just go, because weirdly, the mice and the roaches would never go into my bedroom which was a really small bedroom. So if I wasn't at the gym or if I wasn't at you know, working, which I worked a lot, then I was basically barricading myself in the room to avoid being you know, in the Jumanji that my apartment was. Fast forward you know, about 10 months and I got to the point where I was like, I need to move out of here and I need to find a better spot. I need to pay more for rent. But at the time, I paid off a lot in debt. So in my head, I was like, well, it was worth it, right? Like, 
And eventually I got to the point where I say, okay, well, knowing that I was in this situation for as long as I was, I'm going to literally go and, you know, throw out a lot of my clothes, which I did. And I washed all the other ones, got them all dry clean, just so I didn't have any of the revenants on my clothes. But though I saved a bunch of money by having cheaper rent, I'm ashamed because I put myself through a year of trauma just dealing with all that. And I wasn't comfortable in the place that I lived. I was constantly looking around to just make sure that there wasn't a bug or a rodent or whatever. And that was that story of Jumanji. The funny thing is Shrenik, my roommate, wasn't even bothered by it at all. He would just go and kill the bug or he would just go and you know, catch the rodent and it was like whatever. So when I moved out, he ended up just staying. <laughs> So, um, and, you know, we still keep in contact. He actually ended up moving to Boston after his PhD program, but he didn't mind staying there because he was trying to save money as a student. But that was the second time where I was extremely frugal and I took frugality way too far. And the third time I called this pay for comfort. All right. So for anyone who knows anything about Philadelphia, you have downtown Philadelphia, you have the main line and Vanguard where I was working at the time was at the end of the main line in an area called Paoli, right? So if you were to drive, the drive was probably about an hour if you're lucky because all the traffic on 76, the highway. So at a certain point, I started taking SEPTA, um, which is their transportation system, all the way up to Paoli from downtown because I didn't want to live out on the main line. There was nothing to do, so I wanted to stay downtown. But there are three ways of modes of transportation to get to Vanguard. I could drive, I could take SEPTA, or I could take Amtrak. Any logical person who's listening to this, we would probably be like, well, I'd probably take Amtrak because Amtrak is probably you know quicker, more efficient, might be a little bit more expensive, but I'm willing to take that on for comfort. Not me, not during my debt-free journey, right? I took it way too far. So instead, I decided to take SEPTA. And when I tell you it was incredibly uncomfortable to take SEPTA, not only did it take about an hour and a half for me to get from downtown all the way to Paoli, where Vanguard was, I found myself being uncomfortable where I couldn't actually do work, right? So I lost about three hours of time just being on SEPTA every single day because I was unwilling to pay for Amtrak, which was probably you know, 50 to $100 more per week, but I could have had Wi-Fi. I could have got to work, you know, within 30 minutes instead of getting to work within, you know, an hour and a half. And I also found that the people who were getting onto SEPTA weren't, let's just say they weren't my colleagues, right? So it was every day that we would see fights, you know, people doing drug deals, whatever it might be on SEPTA because of, you know, how cheap it was, right? So like, you know, if you have a cheaper mode of transportation, then you have a lot of people on there that have nothing to lose. So I found myself in, you know, my suit, my blazer, trying to do work, always constantly having to ask people to be quiet while I was trying to do work, which I could have just taken Amtrak. They have a quiet ride car where I could have been in there. I could have paid a little bit more money. I could have got some work done, but instead I wanted to be incredibly frugal when I was paying off debt. And I wish I did not do that. Even if it took me more years to pay off my debt, I wish I did not go that route. 
So that was number three, pay for comfort. So the names of them, again, the first one is getting hot in here where my car was overheating and I wish I paid for a mechanic during that time. My recommendation to you guys is if you have any issues with your car, please go to a car repair man or woman that knows exactly what they're doing for your make and model. Uh, number two, I call it Jumanji. When I was renting an apartment with my roommate named Shrenik and we had mice and roaches, which was not good. No matter, like, I just learned at the time that there was a certain amount of money that you had to pay in order for you to be comfortable within Philadelphia. I should also mention with that, with the Jumanji, the landlord was horrible, absolutely horrible. I think he just had some issues that he didn't want to address because it might have been way too expensive, but I learned what a horrible landlord, you know, how they behave in terms of, you know, making sure that the apartment is up to date and, you know, you didn't have to deal with, you know, mice and roaches, but that was a crazy experience. And then number three, pay for comfort. Let it be your mode of transportation to get to your job where you live, whatever it might be. You want to make sure you pay for comfort because there's nothing worse than being completely uncomfortable especially if it takes you a while to get somewhere. Like you want to make sure you're as comfortable as possible. I'm not saying go and get first class if you're, you know, flying from, I don't know, Miami to like Fort Lauderdale or something like that. But what I am saying that, you know, really consider being comfortable as you're considering the entire price because Sometimes being comfortable is priceless. And in that example, I could have been more efficient in my job. I could have probably been a better employee for Vanguard. I probably could have had more hours back that I could have been spending with my family, more hours that I could have been at the gym, whatever it might have been. But instead, I wanted to be frugal because I was paying off debt. And to me, that was one of my biggest mistakes. So guys, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm going to come back next week. We're going to have some guests that come on. This will be my last solo episode for a little bit. I'm going to have some guests come on to give you some tips from the field on how they were able to go about investing in their portfolio, how they're able to pay off debt, how they're able to budget. So I'm really excited for the next few guests that are going to come on in the next few episodes. And a quick plug for my Financially Bulletproof Checklist. If you have not downloaded it yet, please do so. In the checklist, there are 21 ways to improve your finances and you could probably improve your finances within 10 minutes after downloading that checklist. Not only do I tell you 21 ways of improving your finances, I show you how to go about doing it. I added the checklist in the show notes. So please go and download that completely free and I'll show you how to improve your finances quickly without all the BS that you might see online. And with that, we are out. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Wallet Podcast. If you learned something new during today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love a rating and review as well. In closing, remember the goal is to live a better life through taking control of your money. We want our money to work hard for us so we can live the life that we've always imagined. I'll see you on the next episode.